Here you go. Is it going? Yep. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about stress today. Um, Riley has already done a coffee and conversation about stress. I think she did it a little over a year ago. I was going to check the date, but I didn't. Um, but it's a good thing to talk about because it's so easy to be just overwhelmed by all the things that are happening in our lives. Um, and as Christians, when we get stressed to the point of being overwhelmed by it and being overtaken by it, it means that somewhere along the way, we've lost our ability to trust in the Lord. And we've lost those fundamental truths that we know about the Lord. We have forgotten to bring those to every single day of our lives. And I know that's harsh to say, um, but it's true. Because as Christians, we shouldn't be living our lives stressed and in fear and, and terrified. And that doesn't mean that if you are stressed that you're not a Christian. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we have this incredible privilege to have the Lord with us. And if we forget about that, then we're doing something wrong. But it's hard to talk about stress in Christian settings because the answer is often just give it to God, right? And that's good advice. That's solid advice. It's true. It's what you should do. You should be just giving stress to God. But if you're someone who doesn't operate well with vague instruction, if you need concrete instruction, if you need specific steps, if you need specific things, then implementing someone's advice that's just, just give it to God. That's really hard. And especially if you're in a phase of life where you just keep getting hit with wave after wave of stress and you catch a half a breath and then you go under again, it's really hard to find the time, the energy, the, the patience or the skills to figure out what give it to God means in your own life, right? Because you're, you're all smart. I don't know all of you super well, but you're all here, so you're all smart. You're all creative, right? You, you know these things, right? But it's hard to do that if you don't already know, know how to and if you're already going under. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at um, practical steps to take when we're dealing with stress. We're going to be based in the Bible. Um, and they all fall under the umbrella of just give it to God. But it's a little more practical, a little more, I don't know, strategic, specific. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but first, we have to talk about identifying our stress specifically. So maybe some of you, if I said, what stresses you out? You would say life or everything or can I all of the above or right? one of those things. And it's funny, but if we address our stress that way or even just like anxiety or overwhelming feelings, the burden is way heavier than it needs to be. So we're going to spend some time now with all those questions, um, and we're just going to write what stresses us out. So if you want to write it in your little notebook that you have, that's fine. I have paper if you don't have a notebook or if you don't want to write it in your notebook. Um, and these are just guiding questions. So if the phrase, what stresses you out, is too big for you to find specific things, all of these questions can help you get on the right track. And I want you to try to avoid saying things like, school stresses me out. Because not everything about school stresses you out. What is it, right? Is it the pressure to get good grades? Is it that you have to do homework? Is it socializing all day? Is it the masks that you have to wear? Is it running the class in five minutes? Right? Try to be as specific as possible. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I'm going to give you some time. I'm just going to be awkwardly quiet for a little bit. Um, does anybody want paper? We're not sharing them, we're not passing them around, they're only for your eyes, so you can be as honest with yourself as you can stand today.
Okay, we'll do one more minute. Okay, go ahead and stop there. If you didn't write everything that's in your head, that's okay. You can write down all your stressors at another time. <laughs> um, but this will help us to just um, visualize some stuff today. If you're a visual person, it'll just be helpful today. Um, anybody want to share what stresses you out? If you don't want to share, that's fine. For me, I wrote down um, like what people think about me. Yeah, that's a big one. gonna guess that a lot of you have things like uh maybe body image or if you're on your own or almost on your own financial status relationship status um let's see what did I write anything else you want to share yes when any routine gets thrown yeah. off when anything is abnormal Right, so there's a lot, and I'm sure that a lot on your list is personal, and you don't want to share it, and that's fine. Um, but part of lightening our load, right, is figuring out what we're actually stressed about. Because if we say, I'm just stressed about everything, that's a heavy burden. It's a little lighter if you say, I'm stressed about dishes, laundry, and keeping the floor clean, right? So it makes it a little easier to handle if we identify exactly what's going on. Um, so that's why we did that. It'll also be helpful to us later. So you all know most of the verses in the Bible that talk about stress, right? Um, one of the most popular is Matthew 6, 31 to 34. Um, so usually I like to put them all up on the board because I know that some of you guys like to write down the references that we go through. So I'm just going to kind of tick them off as we go through them. So if I say a reference, it's definitely up here. Um, but Matthew 6, 31 to 34. Does somebody want to turn there and read it for us? So this is the verse that we should refer to when people say, just give it to God. This is what that means. This is the big idea for today. And we're going to go through it and kind of break down little pieces little by little. You shouldn't be worrying about little things, right? I know it's hard. We shouldn't, right? Pagans run after these things. Our Heavenly Father already knows that we need them, right? He's already covered it for us and he's already handling those things for us. But it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. It means God goes first, right? Your homework doesn't come first. Your job doesn't come first. Your date, if you're going on a date tonight, 
doesn't come first. It's the Lord, right? Seek his kingdom first and all these things will be given to you. And so it says, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's fairly self-explanatory, right? Don't worry about what's happening tomorrow. You're living today. You're not promised tomorrow. So start here. Focus on what's here. It's a good thing to plan, but start here. So that's kind of the overarching verse that kind of sums up all of today in a couple of verses. So if you tune out, now would be the time because you already got the big point. Um, but we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six kind of steps um, to deal with stress, to handle stress. Um, and that's what we're going to go through. I want to preface them by saying I am not a mental health professional. I am not a scholarly theologian. I put these together based on um, several articles that I read, several sermons that I've listened to recently, and my own experience and things that I've applied in my life. And so if there's something else, if there's another part, just speak up and we can talk about it. Y'all know I interrupt Riley all the time, so feel free to interrupt me. (laughs) Um, But our first step is look at your load. So there are two parts to this step, really. One, you have to look at your load practically. What is happening in your life? What's going on in your day? What do you do? How does it make you feel? All those questions, right? So things like, do you have time to eat, sleep, and shower outside of everything that you're doing? Do you leave the end of every day feeling so overwhelmed? Do you feel burnt out a lot? Do you feel stuck in a color-coded schedule, right? Things like that. Are there extra things in your schedule that don't make sense? Are you involved in too many things? Are, do you have too many commitments? What can you lose or rearrange or change the way that you do those things so that they're less stressful? And that one is a whole different discussion for a whole different day. Um, that's creative problem solving that we can talk about later. But you have to look at your load and see if there's anything that you can let go of. When I was in college, I was in everything. Everything I could possibly be involved in, I was. Because I was paying for my own college. I wanted to be a really great student on campus. And I just really like people on my campus. And I had a really fun time. Um, And one of the things that I was in was Riley Dance Marathon. And if any of you guys have been on an exec board for a big Riley Dance Marathon type of thing, it's a lot of work. Um, And it's not just during the weekly meeting at 7 o'clock work. It's all the time. You're calling people. You're doing all these things. And I had that on top of everything else. And so I had to look at my schedule at one point, and that's the thing that had to go, and it quite literally broke my heart. I was so sad that that's the thing that I had to give up. But the minute that I let it go, there was more time to come to church. There was more time to read my Bible. There was more time to breathe throughout the day. I got more sleep. And so looking at your load practically and making hard decisions is a good thing. And I'm not saying quit your favorite things. That's just what I had to do at that point in my life. It's, you don't need to like stop doing all of your favorite stuff, but seriously evaluate what's going on in your life. Because if you have too much, then, then that's not good. And that goes to the second point of this part, look at your load. You need to look at it spiritually. How does your load impact your relationship with Christ? Um, Carly and Will um, have said this before. They, they always say, if it's a bigger burden than the burden of sharing the gospel, it's not yours to carry. It should be God's. I know, isn't that so great? Wow. (laughs) Um, So is there something in your life that's a bigger burden than sharing the gospel? You have one job, right? And that job is in Matthew 28, right? It's the Great Commission. It's just the very end of Matthew. I'm not going to read it because we all know what it says. It says, go and make disciples of all nations. That is your job, right? It doesn't say, go and make disciples of all nations. 
get good grades, get a good job, get married, have kids, die happy. No. Your job is to share the gospel. So with that being said, your load that we just talked about, the list that's in front of you, do you have time for a daily quiet time? Do you make time to go to church, small group, and worship nights? All right, and I'm not saying that you need to like quit practice at school to go to a small group. No, but do you make time for community with the Lord? Do you make time for Saturday mornings like we're doing right now? Obviously you do because you're here. But if your load is so big that God doesn't fit, you need a new load. You need to get rid of stuff. You need to put God in it. Make sense? And so the other thing with that is that if your load doesn't have any room for God, it will feel heavier than it actually is. So if you, right, if you have eight things that you do on any given day, and you probably have a lot more, but you don't have God, those are going to feel so heavy because what comes with God, right? He gives you strength to continue. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you knowledge to know why you are where you are, right? And those things make whatever stress you have feel lighter. They just do. So if you don't have God as a part of your day or as a part of your week, it's going to feel harder. The load itself is important. Get rid of what needs to go and make sure that God is in there. That is step one. Look at your load. Just evaluate. Okay. I promise I'll give you a chance to talk here in a second. (laughs) Um, Okay. Step two, care for your body. Now, this is one that we as Christians often overlook because we're supposed to be selfless, right? We're supposed to be selfless. We're not supposed to be concerned about ourselves. We're supposed to be putting others first at all times. However, let's look at what the Lord um, instructs us in the Bible. So 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Somebody want to read that for us? Eighteen through twenty. Perfect. Fully sexual, Im- sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the person who sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Okay, so obviously this is talking about sexual immorality right here. But the verse right in the middle says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption here. Um, I'm going to assume that Paul doesn't just mean that they need to be sexually clean, that they need to take care of their bodies in that way, because you should. But I'm going to assume that he also means that we need to take care of ourselves in other ways, right? Because if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, I want his house to be clean. I want his house to not be falling apart. There needs to be no termite damage, right? If we are a temple for the Lord on earth, we shouldn't be a gross temple. It should be clean. It should be well taken care of. It should be ready to go. And that means taking care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? So I will give you proof of that. 1 Kings 19, 3 to 9. I'm going to read this one for us. Um, This is the story of Elijah. So it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under a bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. 
So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. What is the Lord's solution to Elijah's, Elijah's stress here? Actually, no, you need to know why Elijah's stressed. Okay, Do you, does anybody know why he might be stressed at this particular time in the book of Kings? Okay, Kings is rough. There we go from one king to another king to another king. The king, a chapter before, is sacrificing babies. The people are fleeing from the Lord. They are turning from what the Lord's doing. Just in the couple of verses before what we read, uh, Elijah is told that all the other prophets have been slaughtered. And they're coming for him. That's fairly stressful, right? Everything is turning upside down. The purpose that God has given him is slowly falling apart before his eyes. And now someone's out to kill him too. So he takes off for the wilderness. Would you say that he's stressed? I would. He's fairly stressed. So what is the Lord's solution to that? Eat. Eat and take a nap, right? And he doesn't say eat Twizzlers and junk food. He gives him whatever, like he gives him the simplest form of food they have at this time, bread and water, right? So it is so important for us to take care of our bodies in those simple ways. And I know that sounds ridiculous. I know you're like, Andrew, I know that I should be eating. But if you've ever been in a super, super high stress situation like that, those things go out the window. I was so stressed in college. I wouldn't shower for days on end because I was like, I have so much to get done. And then it would be like a week and a half had gone. I know, I know it's gross. It would be a week and a half, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I haven't showered since last Tuesday. This is terrible. But I was so stressed, I didn't think about it, right? Or I wouldn't eat until 10 o'clock at night because I had meeting after meeting after class after meeting after, right? And that's not good either. Or I wouldn't drink water, and I would get an hour of sleep every night. That's not good. So if that's where you are in your life, refer back to step one. Lighten the load and make room for those things. We as adults, forget that those things are important. When you're caring for a child and they're stressed, what are the first couple of things you try? You give them a snack, you give them a nap, you help them rest or calm down in some way, you read them a book or you watch a movie, right? And we forget that as adults, those are important things. Does that make sense? Does anybody else forget those things or was it just me and I had a rough college experience? Yeah. But one of the things that they teach us, um, like in like counseling, like the first session, is that you have to you have to ask them like, what's your sleep schedule like? What's your eating schedule like? What's your exercise schedule like? And they said that like if they're struggling with depression or anxiety, usually all three of those, it's like I'm not getting any sleep. Yeah. I'm not eating well. Or I'm not eating at all, and I'm not exercising. And so they're like the first step in battling depression and anxiety is getting those things right. Yeah. Um, and then it gets a little, like you said, it gets a little easier from there, not like it fixes it, but that's like the first step. Well, those are the things that sustain your body, right? Let alone your mind. But if your body is dehydrated, if your body is tired, if your body needs endorphins, if it needs to go on a run or anything like that, you're not, your brain isn't going to function well, right? It, it just doesn't work. If when you give a kid a snack, as soon as they eat the snack, they're happy, they're tolerable, they are pleasant, right? And I know you don't always have the opportunity to eat a snack in the middle of the day, but the concept is there. You know what I mean? You have to take care of your body so that you can also keep your emotions in check, make sure that you're following the Lord, all those things, right? So what, it's what Riley said. Those are the very fundamental things about how we function as humans. Any questions or comments? Okay, step three. Stop acting like the world. How does the world deal with stress? 
Drugs. You said it as a joke, but it's a real thing. Drugs, alcohol, sex, or even simpler things, right? Like binge watching Netflix all the time, eating junk food like it's your job. Now, anyone of you that know me know that I like a good movie and a, a good arrangement of snacks. But if that is your solution to everything, if that is the only thing you want to do at the end of a hard day, you don't want to talk to the Lord, you don't want to seek you know, counsel from friends if you're having a rough day, that's a problem. And I know that sounds weird because just take some time for yourself is a big thing in our culture right now. But if that's the only thing that you can do to relieve stress, that is a problem. I want to make sure you, you understand that because I'm all for let's go do, you know, painting at Allie's house or let's go have game night at Andrea's house. Like, I get it. Or let me watch this new movie and have a snack or even have a glass of wine if I'm of legal drinking age to do so. It's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You should enjoy yourself and the resources that the Lord has given you in your life. However, that's the only way that you solve stress. It's a problem. This goes back to what we talked about last week. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is countercultural, right? This is not what our world would have you believe about de-stressing. So that Greek, is it Greek word? Yeah. Greek word? Okay, good. Um, Macarius, where blessed is. Riley talked about this last week, so I'm stealing from Riley. Um, it means an unshakable joy, right? That's the opposite of deep-rooted stress. So if you have this unshakable joy, right? Blessed are the ones who know that they're broken without Jesus, right? And so that leads us to 2 Corinthians 12.10. I'm just going to read it real fast. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. All stress. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We shouldn't be looking at the world the way the world looks at the world, right? We should look at the world this way, right? Saying to ourselves, I know this is tough, but I'm here to fill God's purpose. I know that when I'm completely drained of all my own motivation and energy, that I will lean on the Lord the heaviest, making me the strongest because the Lord is the strongest, right? It's what we were talking about last week. We don't act like the world, right? We don't just run around saying, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. We finish the sentence, right? I'm so stressed, but my God is so strong. I'm so stressed, but my God will give me strength. My God will give me answers. My God will give me wisdom, right? So if you are dealing with stress like the world is dealing with stress, that's a problem. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that girls' night is a bad idea. Watching a movie and eating ice cream by yourself is a bad idea. No, those are all good things. But if that's the only thing you do to remind yourself that we shouldn't be stressed all the time, that's a problem. Anybody have comments on that one? I like the point you made about second, 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 second. Yes. Like, after he lists all those things, I'm content with whatever he said. Mm-hmm. And, like, how that's all stress. So he's, like, saying, I'm content with stress because yep. the Lord is with me. And he has a purpose in it. I've never read that verse like that before. Yes. Well... I don't I may have assumed that that all means stress but but what things make up stress right yeah. it's when you feel weak it's when you feel insulted it's when things are hard it's when you're being persecuted and when everything has just gone crazy yeah. which is all of the things listed in that verse so it may be a jump of an assumption but I don't think it is <laughs> I think stress like all those situations sound stressful I think so too but, yeah I've never like looked at that verse and been like oh this is a good verse to apply to a stressful Yes. Good stuff. Anybody else? Okay. 
Um, the next step, I think this is step four, get help. Um, our faith is personal. We have a relationship with God. We should go to God only with our problems, but he's also given us a wonderful resource in, at the church, in the community, in the body of believers. So be in a community where you can ask for help, right? If you can't ask for help in the place that you are or wherever, wherever you go for youth group or a small group or whatever, you shouldn't be there. If you can't rely on the people around you to be lifting you up and to be helping you, you need to leave. And if you are a person who's afraid to be a burden or you're afraid of rejection or you're just very shy and you don't want to ask anyone for help or you're like, I really need to be independent, I need to do this on my own, throw away the fear and the ego. Those are not becoming qualities of a Christian woman. And those are not things that we should be carrying around. And I know that's very harsh to say because I know some of you have thought and felt those things in this room, including myself. But those are just not pretty things in our lives, right? So if you are in a place where you feel that you aren't allowed to ask for help, move to a different place. And if you then feel that you are the one hindering yourself, get over yourself. I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very nice. It's not very kind. But that's, we have to, right? If you need help, you have to get it. And no one will know that you need help because you're such, so good at faking it. Everyone thinks you're the happiest and you're having a great day. I won't know to help you, right? I, will still, I still pray for all of you all the time in case there's something you're struggling with that I don't know about. But I can't pray for you specifically if I don't know what you need. You know, so you have to ask for help. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. If you can't get a good word on your own, go find one. Go find somebody who will give you a good word. Read your Bible, yes. Do things on your own, yes, absolutely. But if you are in a time of life where you cannot do that on your own, talk to somebody, right? I know Riley will always talk. I know I will always talk. And I assume a lot of you guys will always talk, but I won't speak for all of you. So, it's not a it's not a, an alone thing, right? You know what I mean? Galatians six two, I'm just like flying through these. We're not really reading them together, but that's okay. Galatians six two says, "Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ." The Lord specifically tells us to help each other out. So you are not being a burden on my life. I am happy to help you out, right? And that goes for anyone else in a position to help you. Does that make sense? Does anybody else feel like they don't want to ask for help because they're supposed to be an independent, strong woman and be a leader in their own life? Yeah. At the moment, we were just talking about that. Amazing. I also, sorry, I don't No, you're good. But that Galatians verse where it, like, commands us to carry one another's burdens. Yeah. I think, like, a lot of, like, creating a community where, and we talked about this at the well, too, a lot about creating a community where you feel confident in going to share your burdens with someone is making sure that they know that you can that you want to hear their yeah. burdens because I yeah. think a lot of the times we don't share because sometimes it feels like they won't like they won't listen like I have definitely been in situations where I have shared something that's so heavy on my heart and the person that I'm t- telling it to does not care like at all it never checks back in yeah be zoned out when I told them and I was like okay I'm never telling anybody else that ever again yeah but if we create a community where that never happens then we'll be much likely to share each other's burdens with one another or even if we create a community, maybe not where that never happens because we're human, but where we remind each other, where we can we keep asking for help, where we give grace if someone hasn't reached back out to us, mm-hmm. you know? Because it's not always that someone has forgotten about us or that they don't want to be pouring into our lives. 
maybe there's just something that's so heavy on their heart mm-hmm. they can't they can't hold anymore yeah. you know so as long as it goes both ways right the grace right you extend grace to those who need help but if you're also asking for help it's it's hard because when you need help you don't want to give anyone grace you just need help to be given to you mm-hmm. but it should go both ways we should understand that our lives are not the only ones that matter you know Another thing that I think about is, um, like, we should definitely be carrying one another's burdens, but if that, like, we have to place our burdens on the Lord first, yes. and then share it with someone, you can, if you expect someone to carry the burden with you or for you, just solely them, you they will fail you, because they can't do that, right? and um, you will just be more stressed. Yeah, and so that leads us. If someone shares the burden with you, you have to immediately give it to the Lord, otherwise absolutely um and that leads us to our next point great job (laughs) um so the next one is embrace the blessing of brokenness and i took this directly from an article that i read um so i'm going to for the life of me i don't remember where it was but i think the person that wrote it his name was aaron um but if you've lightened your load you're taking care of yourself you're not you know acting like the world and you've gotten help and there's still so much weighing on you embrace what brokenness is as a Christian. So I'm going to read this excerpt specifically from this article, word for word. Um, So it says, when I was in the worst of my depression and anxiety, there were days when getting out of bed was difficult work. Hardly a moment went by when I was not painfully aware of my shortcomings as a man, a husband, a dad, and a leader. Oh, the author is a male, obviously. Um, It was awful. I, it also created, or It was awful, (laughs) but it also created in me a dependency like I'd never previously experienced. I held on to Jesus with white knuckles as I prayed during panic attacks. I desperately felt my need for prayer every single day. Words like those of Psalm 23 weren't just nice words to casually read or embroider on a throw blanket. They were my entire life. There are some things about God that can only be learned through suffering. And I was going to try to like paraphrase it, but it was just so, that's just such a beautiful picture, right? Um, do you remember when I, so I guess maybe not all of you know this, so I'll tell the story again. Uh, we lost a baby, um, end of April, beginning of May of this year. Um, and I've talked about it plenty. Um, but one of the ways that I dealt with it, I, like, I couldn't be reading in my Bible that, that, and this is, I feel so ashamed to say this, but this much of the Lord's love was just so overwhelming. I would open the Bible and just start to cry because it was so much. Like, my God is so big. He is so important. This is such a big thing. He's going to use this, right? And I would melt every time I opened my Bible. So I couldn't do it for several weeks. And so I was just going through my day and I was like repeating over and over into my head, in my head, any, any shred of Jesus that popped in. Song lyrics or verses or if I had called somebody to talk to them about it, whatever they said that was encouraging and based in the Lord, I would literally be repeating to myself, Lord, you numbered this baby's days. You you knew that this baby only had this long with us. What a comfort. You already know. And and in First Samuel, you know, David says, I will not return to him, but he will return to me. I get to see this baby in heaven. This is like, I would, and I know that sounds strange, but I was like repeating to myself over and over and over and over and over all of these things. I was literally clinging, like he says, with white knuckles to the Lord all day long. And that's, I'm not trying to be arrogant and be like, that's what you should be doing. But that's what this is talking about. Being broken is not a bad thing. Being broken and being stressed to a melting or breaking point gives us the biggest opportunity in the world to grow in our faith. First, or not first James, goodness, James 1, 
two, three, four. You guys probably know this verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It is not a bad thing to feel broken. It is not a bad thing to have a broken season, to have a hard couple of years, right? It's not bad. It is hard and it is rough. But it doesn't mean that you're a terrible Christian. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. It doesn't mean that you have lost faith in the Lord unless you aren't clinging to the Lord at all and you're clinging to the world. Then that's a problem. Have any of you guys ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, it's big, right? Like it's not, and it's hard in the moment. And if you haven't been in a situation that big, it's coming. Get ready for it. (laughs) Um, But what else are we supposed to do during that time? Right? Am I supposed to binge watch 17 different shows all at the same time? No, I definitely did but we should be clinging to the Lord, right? He says white knuckles. You know what that means? It means he's holding on to something so tight that his knuckles are white. The blood is draining from them because they're all going to all these muscles right here. That's like, that's active. That's not like a passive clinging to the Lord. That's not, Lord, just take my stress. Like that's a big, big thing. You know what I mean? Big stuff. I know for me, I don't know. Um, I, it's, so it's been so hard for me to like make that a discipline mm-hmm. because like when you're in that moment, it's so hard. Like you were saying, like you couldn't even like open your Bible and look at it because like it was just too much. Yeah. So I know in the past for me, that's been my issue with like, I want so badly to do that, but like I, like just because of whatever's happening in the moment, I'm just like almost like hopeless in a way. Yeah. So I guess like, I don't know how to make that. I don't know, like a discipline? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not easy to put into practice. None of what we do as Christians is, is simple. And with this, I had, to, I had to start over every single day. Right? I had to remind, or even every hour, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm thinking about things that I don't need to think about. Like, I need to be th- focused on the Lord. And you have to reset your brain over and over and over. And eventually, once you've talked to yourself over and over and over and over again, it starts to become a little bit of a, of a default but then I'm sure that as I go through more stuff with the rest of my life, it'll get better, right? That's why old women, that's why Kathleen, you can hardly ruffle her feathers. She's like, the Lord will handle this. And I'm sure that she does get stressed, but like, that's how much practice it takes, you know? And she's been a Christian since she was 17, 18, 19, and she's 75 right now. Like, that's a lot of practice. <laughs> I would be a fool to say that I am there now. I would be, I'm sure that all of you would be a fool to say that also, but I don't think it, we just wake up and it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like learning how to tie your shoes. You, have, you do it wrong 72 days in a row, and then you get it half right. And then the next day you get it a little bit more right. So you deal with the first 72 hard things of your life all wrong. <laughs> and then you do the next one just a little bit more right. And the next one you get both of the bunny loops. And then the next one, right, it, I don't think there's an answer. You just have to practice. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to practice. You have to be willing to remember that. You have to be willing to look at the Bible and remember that. Come to Coffee and Conversations, talk about it, and remember it. Because it's not a default action that we have. Our reaction that's implanted in us is to run and hide and fear and be sinful and not lean on the Lord. And that's not where we should be.
Anything else? I go off that too, like taking baby steps to like not ever wonder yourself, like I'm gonna memorize a verse every single day. It's like no, focus on one a month or something, or yeah, for, like can't even look at your Bible and stuff. Like slowly pull it out and right. give it in view before you open it up and stuff. Um, and just because it can become even more overwhelming if you try yeah. to just dive right in. I know I had a real big issue with that. So taking the baby steps helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So that leads us to our final step, which is the most important, which is why it is last, and that's spend time with God in all of the ways, right? Reading by yourself, reading with others, praying by yourself, praying with others, singing, worshiping by yourself with other people corporately, come to worship night, come to church, come to, you know, Friday night, guitar night at whoever's house is playing the guitar, right? Um, write a list of praises if you're feeling stressed. Intentionally look at God. Look up verses and then go read them. Go read the passage that they're in. Go read the book that they're in context of, right? Um, and you, right, it's what Amber said. You start with baby steps. You start somewhere. Wherever you can reach, whatever part of God you can reach, start there. And it'll get better as you go along. And I don't, I don't have some great revelation for this one because it's just, well, I guess I have a little bit. Um, but spending time with God is the most helpful thing you can do regarding stress in any situation. Um, It is impossible. I read this somewhere. It's impossible to be stressed and praise God at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Delaney, I love your reactions. I'm like, oh, this is good. She just gave me a huge like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But if you're so stressed that you can't praise the Lord, that's a problem. But if you're praising the Lord so much, there's no room for stress. You know, so spend all of your time with the Lord. And that goes back to the very first thing that we talked about right look at your load where is the lord in there if he's not in there you need a new load it makes me sound like i'm talking about laundry and stuff loads of laundry that's fine um and so this last little section i just have the last three verses um matthew 4 4 jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god right so we don't just have to take care of our bodies we also have to be hanging on the word of the lord james 4 8 says come near to god and he will come near to you Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The Lord is waiting for us, right? He's not out in a cave where we have to like go find him and do, all we have to do is say, Lord, I need you right now. Lord, I'm so stressed. Lord, I'm so overwhelmed. And he's ready to come with us. Okay. So now I have a couple of, well, before I continue, anybody want to add anything is there something we missed that has helped you that you want to share is there something you have questions about okay so i have two things that we're going to do um first we're going to look at some encouraging quotes in the bible um and we're going to look at where god or his spokespeople um, have given instructions for us in the Bible, and we're going to look at the context, because it's great to have a verse that you know and it's super wonderful, but if you don't know where it came from or if you don't know the story behind it, um, you might not fully appreciate what the Lord is saying, right? If you didn't know all of the background about Elijah, you might be like, okay, so he was frustrated and running and he gave him a nap. Cool, right? You might not know how much extreme pressure Elijah was under. So that's what we're going to do. Exodus fourteen fourteen.
All right, so this is in Egypt. And I actually didn't look at all these before, so we're gonna all learn this now. So this is when they're crotching, crossing, crotching, crossing, crossing. Whew. This is when they are crossing the Red Sea. Um, chapter 14, verse 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. So when armies are chasing after the Israelites right now, and there's a big sea in front of them, and they can't get through, he just says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Just wait. It'll be okay. That's kind of terrible encouragement for a people, like a group of people that are being chased after by an army and their only way out is the ocean. Like, whew. But it works, right? And that's how we should feel about our whole life. Just, just wait. Because what, what happens next, right? We know what happens next. Moses raises his staff. The Lord parts the water. The Egyptians all drown. It's a great time. But they're encouraged. I know. <laughs> I'm making the story sound a little trivial. Um, but the encouragement that's there is the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Right? He says, just stand there. Just wait. Just wait. So if you are between an army and an ocean right now, just wait. It's okay. I think for the while, that's what he talked about. That, like the whole thing is just to stand. Yeah. Like, that's what the verses keep saying. Just stand. Just stand. Just yeah. Stand. Well, there's another one that says stand firm and you will win life or something like that. But it's the same concept. Yeah. Stand firm and you're not going anywhere. You'll be fine. Man. Me and Brett are on the same wavelength. This is good. Okay, Psalm 34, 4. You guys all know this one because, yep. (laughs) Because this is a song that we sing. This is really popular. Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. It doesn't say I waited on the couch for the Lord. It doesn't say, I went to church hoping that the Lord would find me, you know, huddled in a corner at church, right? And I know that's, again, not the greatest analogy because someone will find you at the church and the Lord will lead them there. But I sought the Lord. I actively went out looking for God and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So go looking. And when is this written, Right? of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. So we're dealing with another crazy king. David's in front of another crazy king who's trying to do these crazy things, and so he acts like a nut job and runs away and says this. Maybe you're going to get to this, but uh, I was just thinking as we were reading it, like the verse before tells us to be still, and this verse tells us to seek. And so when we are stressed, how do we know when to seek the Lord and when to just be still? Or is it two different things? Can we seek the Lord and be still at the same time? Yes. Can you seek the Lord from where you're sitting? Yes. Question answered. (laughs) Right? It doesn't take a lot for us to, to get to the Lord, right? We aren't in an Old Testament period, right? We don't have to go take our goat and our ram and our cow and our sheep and go over to Moses and Aaron and say, here you go, Levi, sacrifice my things. I need to talk to the Lord, and then go back, right? We say, oh, Lord. Right, that's all we have to do, to seek the Lord, right? We don't have to rush into a decision. We don't have to jump onto a plane. We don't have to take our fawn to the temple, right? We seek the Lord by speaking to him, 
right, we seek the Lord by reading our Bible. If you have a giant decision that you have to make by tomorrow, right, be still and seek the Lord. I know that there's a passive and there's an action there, right? But you can do both. You can just be still to the world and be seeking the Lord. Does that make sense? Well, I also think, kind of going along with what you were just saying, like seeking the Lord and praying, and then just like sitting and just listening. Yeah. Silent, just being still, waiting on the Lord. Yeah. So I think that's that's normally what I think of when I think of like I'm waiting on the Lord or something like that. Yeah. Just like learning how to listen to Him also. Well, and it also doesn't mean that you literally can't move. Right. So if I have a big decision, if I'm getting a promotion and I have to figure out whether to accept it by Friday, I'm not. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so that's not even on the docket at all for me. Um, but if I have to decide by Friday about this promotion, I have until Friday. If it's Monday, I don't have to decide today. I don't have to decide tomorrow. I don't have to decide Wednesday or Thursday. I have to give a decision by Friday. So those of us that are planners, we want to get it out of the way. We want to get it done. We want to finish it. But being still is just leaving that decision with the Lord. Go about the rest of your day. Go do all the things that you need to do. Pray about it. But just let the decision sit there until it has to be made. You know? I struggle with that because I really like things to be done early or off the to-do list. But you have time for all of these things. You don't have to rush into to any of that stuff. You know? I feel like I'm real choppy today, but that's okay. All right. Last one we're going to look at. And then we might do one more activity. I'll see. Um, Isaiah 41, 10. And again, this is another popular one. this was a different verse and a different story of the Bible. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on at this point. Does anybody know what's happening in Isaiah? Now-ish? I have a guess. Yeah, I just looked at the next couple. Good. Okay, so they're exiled in Babylon, where Riley said. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So they have been taken to somewhere that is not home. Right? And they're just there. And they stay there for a really long time. And the Lord just tells them, Don't be afraid, I'm here. Don't get sad. I am your Lord. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will do all the work, you know. That was not a very good example. I wasn't quite prepared for it, but that's okay. It's a good verse. (laughs) I I like this because um, I'm just thinking about uh, Maddie and Amber, your comment about how sometimes in the thick of it, you don't even feel strong enough to open the Bible. You don't even want to. But it's like on those days, it says that the Lord is going to strengthen you to help you do those things. So it's like you don't have to, it's like, I don't know, for everyone, everyone too. Whenever we do anything to battle whatever we're anxious about or fearful of or whatever we're struggling with, it's not actually us battling. It's the Lord strengthening us to do it. Right. Absolutely. 
Okay, so I have one more activity that we could do, but I don't know if we're going to do it. I don't know that I'm feeling it. <laughs> Did you laugh? I just don't know. It might, so it, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to do it because we're going to embrace the awkward. It's, it's going to be real great. Um, okay, so we're going on a field trip. Everybody to the high school room. Nope. And we'll, we'll be back. I do have the phone. Everybody find a seat on the floor and make sure that you can lay down without touching anybody. <laughs> Just flat on your back. Oh, we're going to look at the stars? No, we're not going to look at the stars. <laughs> There's no stars. Luckily, Wayne got the bugs out of the ceiling. Oh my gosh. The ceiling lights. Were there bugs in this? Oh, there's so many. Oh, there's some in that over there. Okay. So. We're going to do a little activity. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> it might be a little awkward. It might be a little strange. I don't really know how this is going to go. Um, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and if you hate it, that's fine. <laughs> and if at the end you're like, Andrea, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done <laughs> at a small group, I will never do it again. I like to lay down. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have done this event at event activity whatever at several conferences um and leadership retreats and just stuff like that um obviously in a different setting oh my goodness i'm out of breath Whew. i don't know why i'm out of breath i gotta calm down um but normally this activity is called reboot normally you use this activity you play some music and somebody leads you in like some thoughtful thinking and all this good stuff right no we're not gonna do yoga um, we're just gonna lay here on the floor um but today we're going to do that activity um in terms of stress and giving it to the lord um and the reason that you're laying on the ground there's this whole thing about the earth and if you're laying on the ground and like you're you're pulling to the earth and you're relaxing i don't know i don't know all the signs of it but this this activity just doesn't work sitting in chairs so we're gonna lay on the floor um you can look up all the strange mumbo jumbo about why we do it on the floor later if you want to um but you're all gonna lay on the floor in the dark with your eyes closed um i'm gonna turn on some music that's why i was trying to pick out a song earlier um and then just talk a little bit so just listen to what i say um think about it there will be hopefully this music isn't too strange for our little activity here and i'm gonna walk around that's why i made that little line of books for all of us um hopefully this helps you to think about stress just one stressor today um in a god glorifying way um so as i'm setting up think about something that stresses you out just get one in your brain it can be big it can be small it can be anything you can close your eyes now if you want or you can wait for the music
<laughs> I can sing for us. <laughs> I would not be relaxed. I have to make you agree with you. Song recommendations. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Um, it'll get louder. Don't worry. Um, so just think about one thing, one stressor in your life right now. Um, any size, any area of your life. It can be trivial. It can be like fundamentally, earth-shatteringly stressful. Just think about one of them for a little bit. What it is, why it's there. Just think about it. Have you prayed about that in the last week? Have you taken that to the Lord yet? Does he know that you're stressed about it? Have you taken it to godly friends, godly leaders in your life? Your God is so big. He's the creator of the universe, the king above all kings. No one is higher or more important than he is. He just spoke all of nature into existence, but he formed you with his hands. He knitted you together in your mother's womb, and he's been caring for you every day since then. That stress that you don't think he cares about, that stress that is so small or so big that you know, the Lord expects you to handle it on your own. That's not true. He feeds the sparrows. He clothes the lilies in the field. They're just birds and flowers. He calls you daughter. How much more is he paying attention to you and watching over you and the things that are stressful in your life? He can take your stress squish it. He can take your stress and use it. You are a vital piece of the story that makes up the kingdom of God. How special is that? How special is it that the God of the universe is watching after you today and every day? Like that's a big deal. This is not just something to to toss away and to not count as part of stress relief. The Lord of the universe is holding the things of your life that make it hard to function. Whatever your stress that you're feeling today, pray this with me right now. Just to yourself. You don't have to talk. Lord, I pray that you comfort me today. I pray that I have the courage to give you control of my stress. And if I can't give it, take it, Lord. Take control of my stress, my life, my decisions, my goals, my time, everything I have. Take control and help me to understand the peace that only comes from you. Help me to understand that there is nothing you won't do for me. You will leave the other 99 sheep to come get me. You sent your son for me. There is no burden that you can't take off my shoulders. There is no sin that is too big for you to carry. I 
give it all to you, Lord. I lay it at your feet. I am not strong enough. I cannot do this on my own, and I want you to lead me through it. Take the stress of my life and use me for your glory. Lord, I want to thank you for the time that we had this morning. Please give us guidance as we walk through life with stress. Little stress, big stress, important stress, trivial stress, trivial stress. Help us to know that you are the one that carries those burdens. You are the one that should be leading those decisions. Thank you for all the resources that you've given us today and every day. Please help us to remember them as we continue our weeks. Amen. All done. <laughs> okay, be honest with me. Was that awkward or good or weird or strange? Yes, it was recorded. <laughs> it was recorded. <laughs> okay, that's all I have for y'all today. <laughs>